Shout out to Rakim. Yeah, man. So currently we're watching the uh, cash rules everything. First off, me. excuse me, cream, get the money, dollar dollar bill, y'all. What's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome back. Are you in the lens? Are you in the camera? Uh, yes, I am. I do believe so. Let's shift over. All right, you good? Yeah. You good? Thank you guys for tuning in. Welcome back to another episode of Financial Therapy. We are your gracious hosts. I'm Stephen Newman. I'm Emmanuel Cookerman Holloway. You told me I wasn't loud enough last time. <laughs> so we back again. Uh, we got another great episode for you guys. Uh, today, man, we're talking through a lot of different things today. Yeah, we got a whole list of yeah, things so on the whiteboard. First first and foremost, shout out to the Wu-Tang Clan. Because they're nothing to win. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, uh, we're going to tackle the, uh, the American Saga, the TV show that's out on Hulu. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of parallels mm-hmm. to, and financial lessons there. Uh, we've yeah. got the free versus pay dynamic. That's very important. Uh, especially to all the business owners out there, yeah. whether they go the free route of offering your product yeah. or making people pay to play yeah. and those different dynamics. Mm. Uh, and then we're also going to touch a little bit on, we have a live coming up. Uh, what's, sorry, what's Tuesday the, at noon. With... Shia Papaya. Shia Papaya. Intelligent Shia Papaya. So Tuesday uh, at noon, tune in. We're going to have a deep conversation uh, with the young lady that she's coming in, coming in from the field of psychotherapy. Uh, and oh, we're going to take a look. Hip, hip, hypnotherapist. Oh, I mean, I think hypnotherapy is they could, it's yeah. related. It's related. They're related. Hypnotherapy. Sorry, Shia. Yeah, we, we apologize. Uh, yeah, we definitely I'd apologize. Say psychotherapy. That, that may be more intense. Yeah, but, definitely uh, sounds. Hypnotherapy. Uh, really, really intelligent young lady. Uh, very, very caring. Very, uh, a very deep thinker about the male and female yeah. dynamics as it relates to relationships. And that's very nice and very sweet of her for her to consider how we feel. Uh, for whatever reason, that's it's very considerate of her for her to uh, think of and of how we feel. Like that's very sweet. So we appreciate that. A lot of guys, a lot of men are going to benefit based upon her practice. So so we want to do do uh, our due diligence in regards. So we're going to have a conversation just to prep for that, mm-hmm. and to encourage you guys to come through and tune in. Like for sure, it's going. We're going to touch on what we're going to touch on. Uh, but you're going to talk a lot about. Uh, Understanding what men want in women, mm. uh, the men and vulnerability. So there's a ton of information into that. Uh, what do men like in women? How do you know what they like? Uh, financial. Oh, I mean, we just getting it. I'm sorry, I'm sharing too much information. <laughs> so the point is, what you heard the questions that were asked is essentially it's getting at the heart of men and women what they see in each other, what they want from each other, and how finance plays a role in that entire dynamic. And that's powerful in so many ways. So you know financial therapy, that's what we do. We do. We're going to get to the root (laughs) of it, and we know at the root of it... It's finances. It's finances, because a lot of the the stats... Yeah, the the statistics basically, uh, if you think about marriage being the ultimate relationship goal, uh, which it generally is... Uh, most cases, when that ends, it ends almost 50% of the time. Of that 50% that 
the relationship ends, the number one issue for why it ended was financial reasons. Financial reasons and irreconcilable differences, uh, which basically means you guys don't get along anymore. But those are two of the main causes. So we're going to dive deep. We're going to bring that financial therapy, energy, perspective. You know, we always come from the data side, but we like to get nuanced. So we hope you guys tune in. Uh, it's going to be a great show. Uh, we look forward to seeing you guys there. Yeah. So I guess where you want to start, Wu-Tang man. Wu-Tang Clan. Wu Cream. Wu-Tang. Yeah. M-E-T-H-O-D. Yeah. Man. Uh, cash rules everything around me. Cream get the do <laughs> dollar. Dollar, dollar bill. bill. Yeah. Like, so I don't want to do a spoiler alert. Because <laughs> I don't want to do that. But one of the things that uh, really touched touched me was their the, their ability to hash their differences to for a greater good. Mm. And I, I really I really appreciate that. That was very inspiring. I'm on season two. Um, stayed up to probably like two a.m. to watch it. I was so juiced when you told me that the show is back because I watched the first season like during the pandemic when it first came out I watched it. oh see I missed that whole thing uh, I did I had a lot, a lot. <laughs> and because I'm, I'm, a mu I'm a musician like yeah. I'm, I'm an artist so like I want to know like what's going on and so when I'm wa when I was watching it I'm like ooh I can relate to where I'm at in my life to what they're doing and it was it was very inspiring uh, but their ability to Come together as brothers, I think, was very, very powerful. And I think we can definitely start there because there's a lesson in understanding the greater good of what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. So first lesson from the Wu-Tang Clan saga, uh, the series, check it out on Hulu. Woo! Uh, so there's a infamous scene or episode, I would say, in the first season. Uh, you can call it the boat scene. So we won't give anything else away uh, for those who haven't seen the show, or we'll try our best. Uh, it's some years in, you know, it should at least be through the first season. No for sympathy sure. there. For sure. Uh, but there's an episode where there's struggle between many of the members. Now, this is before they actually officially form the group. Uh, they are from the same neighborhood. Uh, you know, you're talking young black men, inner city New York in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, so they tell the story from sort of their perspective growing up. So there's hardship, uh, there's beef, there's territorial mm -hmm. beefs. Uh, and one of the things you, you, that really struck me about the boat scene was this understanding that the beef wasn't really personal, but it was. It was really interesting. It's a dynamic between uh, Raekwon mm -hmm. and Ghostface. Mm -hmm. And Ghostface is like, yeah. Like what was done? It was done, and I, I got I would, it. I'm not gonna forget that ever. Like he came at RZA, like you guys are tripping. Yeah. Like what are you talking about? Yeah. This man almost ended my whole family. Yeah. And I remember the, the look on Raekwon's face was like he's like, man, I was just doing what I was supposed to do. It went. I don't even. I only have real beef with you like that. But if you want to take it there. But if you want to take it there, I can take it there. He was yeah. he was ready to go. Shout out to the Cuban Link. <laughs> yeah, built built for it, <laughs> built for it. But he wasn't personally tied to the aggression. So it was an interesting dynamic of being swept into something because 
you know, in certain aspects of life, you got to choose sides. You do. And you're battling someone who someone else is like, we don't like these guys no more. This is what we up to. And you just got to go with the flow because that's your man's. Mm-hmm. That's how you eat. That's your business structure. You you know, y'all, y'all LLC'd up. So y'all battling another LLC, so mm-hmm. to speak, quote unquote. But that that's the first thing that struck me. Yeah. Was coming together for the greater good and realizing in that formation that what we were beefing over, what we were fighting over, wasn't even real to begin with. And Rizza understood the economic infrastructure. He understood the GDP. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Talk, talk about it. So this is a great segue into the free verse pay. And maybe or maybe you're not, uh, you've been in a situation where you're trying to build your business in a community or you're trying to build a community or a network and you're trying to make it and you want it to grow. You want it to um, the first thing, the first step that you have to do is definitely save your money. Like you have to save it. But next, thing you know, you got to start building relationships, business relationships with other businesses. And this is your network. Right. But you have to do it in a very strategic way. And you have in a way where you guys understand the greater good. Right. So as you're doing that, you guys have products and services that are conducive of what you need to thrive. Maybe as a household, maybe as a corporation, maybe as a business, whatever the case may be. But you're able to do that amongst your circle. And as you're doing that, now you got to take it a step further and understand the economic infrastructure outside of your network. And that's what RZA understood. He he understood like, yo, we're 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 really just a, a pebble in a hole in the, at the bottom of the fishbowl of a aquarium. You know what I'm saying? If we really want to make waves, we're going to have to take all of our pebbles and become a bigger stone so we could really make waves. Right. right. And then he understood the value because we're not just a pebble. We're the brightest pebble or the most intelligent pebble. So when we come together, we're going to make an even bigger impact. And he understood that. So that's the parallel that we have when it comes to financial therapy um, and, and, what it, and what it means when free versus pay. So they, they saved. Uh, so if you think back into the story, Rizla saved up all the money he made. Uh, his brother contributed. Uh, uh, Pal, I think it's Palomar or Palomar. I can't remember his name. But the, the other guy that they were originally beefing with he kicked yeah. in all of his money. So uh, another financial lesson, pooling money together for a shared goal mm. is a very powerful tool. Uh, think of, and that can be investment groups, that can be savings groups, which we've done before. Uh, that could be coming together for all sorts of reasons. But when you pool resources, that tends to be a powerful tool. Um, they not only put their money up together, they also shared a network together. So even though one of them was strong going out by themselves, they were always more effective when they went out as a group. Mm -hmm. They either hyped each other up to make Mm -hmm. whatever move they needed to make. Mm -hmm. They gave each other confidence Mm -hmm. to speak in certain rooms. Mm -hmm. And they always had this sense of, yo, we all out here trying to do something for the group. And it made every, it almost like they competed with each other to help each other. Yeah. And that's very important. So it was, it was, it was really Really awesome to see. Um, I'm trying to think another I, another 
I would say a lesson I thought about was even once they come to, they came together, uh, showing up is half the battle, but there's a whole other half. Mm-hmm. So then there was um, the conversation, conversations, uh, the buy-in. So there's a, a infamous scene where RZA, the contracts are going out. Now here's the rubber meets the road. We've done all this talking. We had the boat. We got everybody together. Now we got to make this thing official. So there was also that financial lesson of the pivot to being official. A bit, yeah. So at some point, you guys come together. At some point, you got to make it official as a whistle. And whatever that step may be for whatever parallel that you have with your life and your friends, your, your group, your cohorts, however you, whatever your Wu-Tang is. <laughs> uh, our Wu-Tang is me and E. Rocking and rolling, doing as we do. Your routine may be more people. It could be you and the family. It could be you and your friends, college mates. So it could be <laughs> it could be y'all coming together for all sorts of reasons. Uh, but coming together is half the battle. So that formation was huge, and then it was a step up in professionalism. So the other thing RZA understood was we can't just form the business. We got to think like a business. Uh, his brother was huge in this. His brother and this, the the executive producer. So they were always thinking Wu-Tang fulfilling his pro- promise and being this industry-changing entity. And RZA was always at the 30,000-foot view. He learned from taking the fast money from that first, that single deal he had. And he learned a lot about, like, okay, I was at the mercy of the label. I'm no longer going to do that again. And this time, I'm going to make sure everybody eats, and I'm guaranteed X, Y, and Z before I come in the door. And that's understanding your economic infrastructure, the economic landscape. <clears throat> that goes to, <clears throat> sorry guys. Yeah, that goes, that, he was able to do that when he understood the economic infrastructure, the economic landscape, like, from going. <laughs> Sorry, Wu Tang just played in my mind. I'm about to blast this. Yeah, I listened. I listened to some Wu Tang on the way here. Like, but anyway, yeah. So that's very powerful, man. Like, in so many ways, that 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 show was able to like impact myself. So inspiring, bro. Um, but the number one thing we, first of all, we do want to encourage you to watch it. Definitely want to encourage you to go to Hulu yes. to watch it. Um, sorry if we spoiled anything, but when you watch it, look for those parallels and how it relates to your life. And, um, if you have any questions in regards, we definitely want to have a conversation around it because you have a business, you have a side, if you have a side hustle, you have a business, um, understanding your economic infrastructure, the economic climate and the environment will allow you to understand what are you saving for? Remember we used to say that? Yeah. What are you saving for? Like, we, we did a little... Uh, Shout out to Jennifer Love. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, <laughs> this is when we were just getting started, but... A little trip, movie trivia. Yeah. I think that was... Uh, I still know what you did last summer. I think that was the sequel. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Brandy and uh, uh, Makai Pfeiffer. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so what are you saving for? We, we started realizing, like, all right, so at this point, after doing research, we understood that 
We didn't know the pandemic was coming. We did not. We were unaware of that. We could definitely say that. But we did know that it's not if, it's when. It's not if, it's when. It's not if, it's when. It's not if. Is that, is that Murphy's Law? Uh, whatever can go wrong, will go wrong, yeah. I think it is? It, yeah. I'm not sure, but I would, I would assume. I would. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard. I, I, I'm pretty sure. I think it's Murphy's Law. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not if, it's when. So what we did was we researched and based upon uh, the, the time continuum of the uh, economic history of our, of our, of our um, country, it was saying like every seven years or every seven to ten years there was something that would happen. In the, so it's going to be a setback. It's going to be a setback. <laughs> it was going to be a setback. And we had, had the longest what? Run? Yeah, without a setback. Without a setback. We had the longest run without a setback, so we knew it was coming. We just didn't know how. We didn't yeah. know. We didn't know what the trigger would be. Yeah, we didn't trigger know. Trigger happened to be the pandemic. COVID-19 brought brought a forced recession. Yeah. Uh, an induced recession. Uh, and the saving aspect, this is why we always talk about to the resistance, wherever you are, wherever you might be listening, keep saving, keep striving. The keep saving is because that time is going to continue and the next thing is around the corner. Yeah. So if the COVID did set you back, it's a beautiful lesson going forward. So what exactly, how exactly did it set you back? What, in what ways were you vulnerable to COVID? Was it the loss of income and you didn't have an emergency fund to uh, speak to the fact that you could lose said income? Uh, was it your... Was it the industry that you were in? Were you in an industry that was going away? Did you get replaced by uh, a digital marketplace? Um, did your job change? Have they automated your position? Like a lot of things have occurred throughout this pandemic that people are waking up to. Uh, were your skill sets up to par? After you did may or may not lose your job, did you find out that the marketplace don't love you like that? Uh, this back to the this is a relationship dynamic uh, i heard chris rock say this in his stand-up he said some of y'all been together so long you don't know how ugly you are and so you got to get back out there until you, you get back out there he's like you don't realize how ugly you are you've been in a relationship so long same thing can be said about uh your economic situation some of you guys have had this job so long you don't know how unemployable or unemployable you are you just still got the same job you've always had but the marketplace will remind you of the skill sets that are required and desired. So some of, you, some of us may not have known just how economically unattractive we may have been. Mm. So this was a wake up to, okay, here's what I used to bring to the table, but here's what the marketplace is asking for today. And the marketplace, it's just like dating. It, <laughs> there's no crying in baseball. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get to win because you want it bad. You win because you meet a demand for and for some rhyme reason. You meet a demand. So this, this was a great reset uh, to think through a lot of the issues and the vulnerabilities that you did have. So uh, I myself, I would say it was a twofold, not enough saved an emergency fund and having to brush up on skill sets was another one there. Uh, 
because again, we always preach through what we what we learned. Like one of the things I had to adapt really fast was teaching. So one of the skill sets like I had to pick up and realize the market desired from me was tutoring, was teaching. I never thought about that pre COVID. Never crossed my mind. Mm. It wasn't it wasn't a list of skill sets that I thought I brought. But again, the market didn't care what I thought I brought. The market was like, here's what we need. Can you fill it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, yeah, I can. Mm-hmm. And yes, I did. Pass the rock and watch what I do with it. <laughs> and and literally haven't haven't missed since. So I've been doing it ever since. Um working on a digital skill set now, learning to code. Uh, working through HTML and CSS as we speak. And these things are, again, still on the lessons I learned from COVID, which was if I don't update my skill set, I might look up and not be able to eat out here. I may look up and be automated away. Uh, so you, you gotta, you have to treat that great reset just as that, a great reset. If you got caught slipping, it's all good. Everybody loses a fight once in their life. Brush it off. If it didn't kill you, thank God. Be grateful. Do some self-inventory. Think back and say, okay, where did I get caught slipping? Was it my savings? Was it my income? Or was it my expenses? It was one of the three or a combination of all. And start there. Beef those vulnerabilities up. If it was a saving issue, start on the savings plan. Your goal for 2022 is to save your way out of that vulnerability. And again, we'll, we'll get into what the new savings is, but the seed of saving is where we're going to start. Always. And revisit. Always. Always. The income question. Uh, inflation is upon us. They thought it was non-existent. Then they thought it was transitory. Now they're hoping it's not here to stay. But uh, I was watching a movie last night. Uh, as good as it gets? No, it's not as good as it gets. It was a Nicolas Cage from the early 90s. Mm. And he was playing a police officer. And they won the lotto. And they won $4 million in 1993. Ooh. And given that we were about to do this podcast, it's like, you know what? I wonder what the purchasing power of $4 million in 93 is it's today. Yeah. Do you know what it is? $10 million. It's $7,644,000 7. and some change. So it's almost it double. Take, yeah, it says take 25 years for your money to double. Yeah. And that's, we essentially almost 30 years off. Yeah. So it's almost pretty much doubled as far as the person power. So just think about that. The 4 million and 93 for it to be the same, not more, just for it to be the same needs to be 7.6 million. 4 million to 7.6 million. Now, if you save that sum, that's, this is why we always talk about the different ways to save. Inflation just would have ate you alive. But the point of that story is income problem may be on the horizon going mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Because inflation, I'm here to tell you guys, it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. And just because things do cool off, it doesn't mean it goes back down to what you had before. It could be a new normal going forward. So if 50k today may is not may 50k this year is 60,000 next year just on inflation this year alone and that's a fast that's fast that's very fast and spoiler alert 
your employment is not going to give you that high of an increase year over year. And then we're having tax, they're trying to do a new tax law. So you got to summon that. Yeah. So they're going to try to do a new corporate tax. And you may think, hey, you're, you're taxing the wealthy, the ones who make over $400,000. But at the end of the day, if the corporation going to get taxed, they're going to get taxed twice. They're going to get taxed when they get the money and they're going to get taxed when they got to pay it out. So that means, therefore, they're going to have to up the prices. Yeah. Up the prices, lower their costs, their huge costs. So they that's might what, have to, that's employment. Yeah, that's the hugest. So they're going to have to lay people off, which is really tricky. Like, that's really unfortunate. So, again, like, what we invest in, I mean, not invest in, what we save in. Um, it's just, just as important just, as the saving it's itself. Just, just important as the But saving. it's not more important. So all of you it's, wanting to yeah. skip to investment, if you see the saving is not in it, you. The success isn't either. The success isn't either. Be so don't, 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 don't yeah, put the car please, before I do it. Don't. I've done it. Trust please me. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. It took, and it's tough because for me, if I may, during the pandemic, it was, it was tough on me as well because my, my initial bread, me being the breadwinner for my, for myself, I'm a single man, but me being a breadwinner for myself, my, my, my largest income came from me training. So my clientele was affected by the economy. So therefore my income and my ability to feed myself was affected. And that's when I, I understood, but I had kind of started already trying to get other residuals, but things that were going to take a little bit more time. And I didn't save up as fast as I wanted to because I wanted to I had buckets. So I had to realize I needed another skill set similar to what Steve was saying. I needed another skill set. And I had to touch up, read, read a lot more books, cut up, cut back on what I was eating and what I was doing. The facts. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I had to cut back. There's three ways. You either make more. Spend less. Spend less. Or, or a combination or, of Or a combination of three. So that was, that was definitely interesting for me in that regard. Um, but the reason why I was saying this is because as I started understanding what um, I was going to save into, uh, I realized that there was nothing more powerful than investing in the education of which I knew was going to be beneficial to me making money. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Like, and that's, that's your lifeline. That, yeah, like that... Income is the lifeline. That was a lesson for me. Like, and I, I had a, I had a, a, a athlete ask me, he's like, yo, so E, like, I just signed my contract. That's my dog. Like, he just signed his professional contract. I'm lit. We had alumni. We had alum, alumni and gay. Alumni game. I got dunked on. Just want to throw that out there. And I did a, a dunk that was pretty impressive. That shocked me. But after the game. He did go through the legs. Yeah, it was a, it's unheard of to be 35 and doing that. But again, I invested in education and understanding what was going to make me more money. And so back to the conversation that me and him had, he asked me, um, like some of the things, you know, to look out for while going overseas. And I told him, I told him the, the, the very, I realized at the time that he called me at a time where I really hadn't thought it through. So I was thinking on the spot and I'm just going. I'm like, yo, get you a care package. 
yo, I know you probably gonna like to go out so you don't get bored. I don't, I don't want you to get bored and get homesick. So you know what I'm saying? You mm -hmm. where you at? He gonna be at the Capitol. I'm like, cool, you'll be able to go out a couple nights. You know what I'm saying? Hang out with your friend, yada, yada, yada. And then I thought about it. I was like, you know what? Financial therapy kicked in. And I didn't want to say just save your money because when we go overseas, that is a must. Like, it's given. Like, we go over there <clears throat> and it's like you're almost forced to save because you don't really. That's not. Yeah. And how, like, well, you, it's not a whole lot for you mm -hmm. going on. Yeah, it's not a whole lot for you going on. So you over there, like, just playing a video game. And then I, look, I thought about it. I said, one thing that you can do is take a portion of, just a small percentage. And I just threw an arbitrary percentage out there. And I said, this is what I wish I did. So I threw an arbitrary percentage out there. And I was like, I would have took that percentage and bought some type of course. Hmm. That's what I would have did. Because yeah. what I did do is I, I thought me having a business meant I was going to be able to make money because I tried to prepare myself. Like my fourth season, I played eight seasons. I tried to prepare myself for life after basketball around my fourth season. So I, I, I bought a facility, I bought a facility and I tried to do a fitness club. And this kind of segues, it's funny, segues into what we were doing, but I bought a facility and it cost me over those spanning years, $48,000 over, uh, over a span. I thought about it, like it cost me a lot of money. I didn't, I, did, it, I tallied it up later and our business structure was horrific because I didn't have this for one skill was I didn't have I didn't know how to sell didn't know how to do that and I had a scarcity mindset now to mind you I was making more money then than I was making during the pandemic but in the pandemic I had a wealthy mindset mm. Mm. In the pandemic, I had a wealthy mindset, but when I was playing basketball overseas, I had a scarcity mindset. I had a scarcity mindset. So you stored it up, but you didn't make any I use of the, that store I value? Was the, I was the guy in the talent that just put his money under the... Ah, okay. So that's a great, great lesson. See, the saving was in you, but how to save... I don't even know if the seed was saved. Yeah, how to save. How to save. Because yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It was artificial in the sense that you were in such a particular, particular situation. situation. I was in a vacuum. You was in a vacuum, so it allowed for savings. But you might be in that position. The equivalent could be perhaps you live at home with your parents and you don't have to pay rent right now. And you work from home. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to think of an yeah. equivalent to where you're able to save in a very unique situation. Uh, the how to save would have paid dividends till today. Till today, it would still be paying and dividends. I, and I gave him this, the infrastructure. I said, if you, this is your first season. If you are going to play, and you take just twenty percent of it. Let's just say roughly, you make let's say two thousand dollars a month. This is just two thousand dollars a month, right? And you play for another eight years, and you take four hundred dollars of that the very first time to buy a course or something that's going to help you learn how to make $5,000 a month. Yeah. That's right. $8,400 saved for the year. Your standard course may be on the high end of the hundreds on the low end of the thousands. 
So you're probably able to get one or two courses. You'll still have money saved. So the how to save is is the very important aspect. Very important asset. So now as you're still saving, now you keep that saving of that 20%, and now you just move over and get you another percentage and use that for the skill set at which you learn. And you do that consistently for the rest of your career. And do you know where you would be 8 to 10, 15 years from now? And that's applicable across the line. So if you work a 9 to 5, it can feed the growth of your 5 to 9, which will indeed feed your ability to walk away from the 9 to 5. So that is what's preached out there. The practice of it is you got to have a lot of patience because it's going to take a good sum of money. So I know we get this a lot. It's like, well, how much do I need to have invested before I can walk away from things? Um, and I was reading a Wall Street Journal article on this. What do uh, they mean by walk away from things? Well, they it it's phrased so many different ways, but it generally comes to the same dynamic, which is I can pay for not only my bills, but also the lifestyle <sighs> without having to clock in. So the anything in life is a series of trade-offs. So it's not a utopia as it's sold. It's trading one set of issues for another set of issues. Uh, but there, there is a blessing in it. Uh, so the reason I, I brought that up is inflation has made that much more difficult mm. because essentially what you're, what you're taking over from is increasing without you having to do anything extra. So the the walk away amount in 2019, that's no longer the walk away amount in 2021. It's gonna cost you more to walk away now. So that's an aspect you have to keep in mind, especially for the fire revolution, the, the financially independent retire early. So for those people in those camps, inflation is number one on your radar because that's the number one thing now to take out everything that you've done so far. It's always chasing you. It's something that never stops. It's like Michael Myers. Even if it's walking, it's always on the way. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you stop, take a breath, there he is at the door. And now you got to keep moving. And you're like, how does he keep finding me? That's inflation. It will always find you. So the, I said it to say, um, what was I just saying? I forgot what I was just saying. Before Michael Myers, I was picturing him. Killing Jamie Lee Curtis. No offense, Jamie Lee. She did a great job. She did a great job in that movie. But no, the people, the walk away. So essentially what they're trying to do is say, my nine to five pretty much pays for everything that I do and everything that I am. And I'm hoping to replace that with investments. So there's a few dynamics that people have to keep in mind. One, the 4% rule is the retirement rule. And it's the idea that if you only take out 4% a year from your retirement funds, it should survive you the up and downs of the market mm-hmm. and hopefully to the end of your life where you know, you're going to be called home. That once you have a lump sum of money. Yeah, once you have a lump sum. But that 4% rule may not be applicable anymore. It may be a 3% rule now. It may be a 2% rule. Because inflation is rising at such a pace, and again, the market has gone up, but it's going to have its peaks and its, and its valleys. 
So it's kind of like an adjustable mortgages. Yeah, essentially it is because you do have to adjust the percentage that mm-hmm. you take out depending on what's happening in the market. Yeah. What damns people is you have a year like 2008 where the market cuts in half, you still need that retirement income. Yeah. So you still take out that 4%, you're doubling down on a 50% loss. Yeah. So now you're having to make 100% gain the next year yeah. just to get back to par. Yeah. So that's what makes the game so tricky. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I say that to say you're gonna need patience because you're going to have to grow a, such a sum of money. And again, it's not astronomical especially depending on your expenses. But you're going to have to save such an amount that you account for some of these aspects. You need to account for inflation that you didn't expect, uh, your costs increasing as you get older, and also uh, your investor your investor knowledge and your investor your I'm trying to think how to your education. So the investor that you are today may not be the investor you need to be in 10 years so that you can continue the lifestyle that you set out for yourself. So just like all the dynamics of your job that changes over time, so does what you need as a person to continue to be financially free. So just keep those things in mind as you're building and allow yourself the patience to build it up, especially if you're new to financial literacy and understanding your finances. It's a it's a day to day. It's a grind. It's like baseball. It's after bat, after after bat, after bat, after bat. Coming to the plate, you're technically on the team, but your individual stats matter a whole lot. And you're gonna you're gonna strike out. You're going to strike out. So just think, the best hitters in the world hit the baseball about thirty percent of the time. Uh, when you're taking at bats and investments, you're gonna have in on base percentage. So the, not to, I don't want to get too deep into, you know, this isn't money ball per se, but just understand the dynamics of as you're saving, how to save, what that means for what you want to achieve, and be smart and methodical on building up to that fact. And understand both the qualitative parts of that and the quantitative. Know your numbers because you need to know where you're aiming at, but understand the qualities that will help you achieve those numbers. So that's the kind of went off on a tangent there, <laughs> but I, I thought it'd be important, especially for people who talk a lot about Investment. how do I go from my job to living off investments. Uh, it's it's self inventory. What does it cost for you to be you? What is that cost going forward? What does inflation mean to set costs? And how will I replace that two-week paycheck going forward? Any scenario that requires you to dip into the principle of your investment, you're playing a dangerous game. So essentially, what the 4% rule tries to do is try to get you to live off the returns from your nest egg and not the nest egg itself. And they, they hope that in the years you do have to bite into the nest egg, it's such a small percentage, 4%, that it won't wipe you out over the 20 years plus of retirement that you may or may not have. And if you're gonna retire early, just add the more years onto that. And that's a good way to think about, do I have enough? That's a simple math point there. Uh, the free versus pay. Free versus pay dynamic uh, 
Actually, there's two dynamics here. What do you mean? Because there's the business owner free versus pay when you're talking about a product or service. Do I offer it for free or do I charge for my service or product? And there's also the consumer, the employee side of things. So the consumer, do I go for free or do I pay for what I'm after? I got an answer for both of those. All right, let's hear it. All right, so just to tie the dynamic of the business owner is, again, we talked about this, the saving. If you're going to be a business owner and if you want to make a transition from um, your nine to five into your, your business, uh, know your, quali- your, your quantitative and qualitative, know your numbers, save up at least 12 months of your expenses, I would say, because that's you may or may not have the ability to sell. You may not know what your target market is. You may not be able to understand any of that yet. But um, it, 12 months could be arbitrary, but still it gives you a year to really like, really dive in and be comfortable. And then maybe around if it's not working right, you can you know, possibly get something that'll put food back in. Now, before they get to the sale, talk through the dynamic of free versus pay. Yeah. Yeah, because they yeah. they gonna hit that fork in the road. They gonna hit that. Every yeah. business owner gonna. Always why I wanted to say that because I don't. If you, if just to have vision, foresight, like hey, I want to do something I love to do, every day, so I'm not working. Save up twelve months. If you don't do that, then there's gonna be pressure on what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. and that's really hard to sell. So, going back to free versus pay. All right, so just a quick story. Uh, when I was telling him about the forty-eight. The forty-eight thousand about the business. So I had no, I didn't know how to sell. So one of the things did I had Fit Club. I had a Fit Club, and I was like, "Hey, you come in and you can work out for free. We do Fit Cast for free, and you have the option to shop what's going on, but we do Fit Camps. So the the value, <laughs> I didn't understand the value. The value was me get doing the Fit Camps." That was the value. Me actually doing the fit gap. Mm. Okay, so not money aside, actually going through the process of putting on a fit camp, all that it entails. All that it entails. Like it was like a everybody loved it. They loved coming there, loved working out. It was like, yo, I didn't understand that. Okay, so break that down. What what did you get from doing free? What did you What did you get from it? Uh, what'd you learn? Like what, 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 what'd you pick up? Cause you mentioned going through it was a reward in itself, just doing it. So if, if somebody goes the free route and they're saying, okay, I think I'm going to do X, Y, Z for free for whatever reason, but we know that's the fork in the road. It's like, do I do this for free? How did you benefit from that? Looking back now or what did I thought I benefited then? Uh, both. I think that's, that's, both are critical. All right, so then at the time, it was really just the dopamines that I had that, oh my goodness, people love what, I, what I'm giving them. Mm. Like I'm actually, what I have is actually valuable. Like the dopamines that I'm actually being productive for, to society, even though subconsciously, consciously I was unaware that that's what it was, but subconsciously I was aware that, oh, I'm actually being productive and we're growing. Like we went from th- two to three to 40 to like, I did. So you would have thought at the time what I had was prime real estate because people were coming in and out. 
right? Yeah. So looking back, what I what I learned was that when you have value, you need to know it. Mm. You need to know what it is. Mm. You need to know what it is. And one of the ways you could definitely understand what it is is you could identify what is a problem in your community. Um, one of the problems was there wasn't anybody who looked like me who played, who, the problem was there was a lot of obesity in my community and there wasn't a lot of unity in my community and people, and one of the best ways to, and fitness wasn't enjoyable. People didn't have the motivation to do it. And so I fit right in because I just loved to work out. <clears throat> it was my lifestyle. So it was nothing to me and I loved to work out with people. So it wasn't work for me. You know what I'm saying? Like I could do it all day long. So looking back, it was like, oh, another thing that I learned is uh, the free. All right. So let's say this may be relatable if you if you have free. So now I have all these people coming. Right. But now I need them to buy. Mm. OK, so we transition in free. Got a First, it was one of the first signs of seeing it. It's like, oh, this can actually happen. This yeah. is actually working. Mm -hmm. The people are loving it. All the energy that that brings. Now, you're about to pivot. And it's like, okay, I've been giving this away from free. Mm -hmm. Now, where are you headed down the pay path? How, do, how does that So come imagine, Exactly. So imagine somebody set the expectation for you to do something for free. And all of a sudden, you got a bill. And you're like, what? Man, I don't know. What is this? You go to dinner with your friends. There's 10 of y'all. You only order an appetizer. And now they, everybody ate, and they want you to split the bill evenly. What you going to feel like? Well, somebody got, I didn't get alcohol, sir. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Who ordered the bottle? Who ordered the bottle? The Cristal. <laughs> what is this? 2003? <laughs> Big hey, hey, it's, it's at 2021 prices. You guarantee that you ordered the bottle of Cristal. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? But anyway... That's what I learned. So now I'm asking people and now I'm not I'm not approaching them in a comfortable environment at which they can make their own logical decision and feel the need to bring to invest in the ship. Because they're not paying. The business isn't going to grow. I didn't know that, but I need to. I'm like, yo, you got to pay. You need to pay like, in my mind. So my energy and in, in approaching them is tricky. It's not warranting them to want to pay because I need them to pay. You know what I'm saying? And I'm needing somebody who didn't have the expectation to pay coming in the door to pay. But I need people walking in the door already expecting to pay. Mm. See what I'm saying? Yes. So, again, it went to because I tried to. They free had them rushing in. But if I would have been like Wu-Tang, the RZA, and be like, you know what? It's going to take time to build it. I'd rather have two clients who are going to pay, you know, 5,000 people who want it for free. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you speak it. You speak it. So now, now I'm able to work with those two clients. And as you're working with them two clients, them, those they have a different perspective. So now, when you ask me the question of, if, if you're a consumer and you want something for free, do you really want it for free? 
Do you really want it for free? If you really want the value, right, you can go down there and, 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 go, and go buy your favorite items. There was a place they called Canal Street in New York where you can go get some okay. cheap. Yeah, I've been to Canal Street. You can get some cheap. You get- I bought, I bought a, uh, my dad took me out there. We went out there one day, man. Bought us winter coats yeah, for the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had me a little rock and wear yeah. joint, man. Thought I was the flyest man out there. And if you had the real deal, if you had a chinchilla that was real and you bought one that was cheap, you would know the difference. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So once, you've been in, once you get the education and you realize what the value is, do you really want something for free? Because if you buy something that's worth it, that's going to last longer, yeah. you're saving money. Mm. You're saving money. Another form of saving. Another form of saving. It's counterintuitive, but it's real. It's real. Uh, the adage is, you get what you pay for. <laughs> Point blank. Period. period. So, like, if you get in something free, uh, there's nothing wrong with free trials. I'm, yeah. I'm the man of free trials. Like, oh, you give me but thirty they, days, I'll take it. And they set the expectation up for you. Like, hey, we're going to give you this. Now, yeah. I'm with that. I'm with it too. Because if it's, I've had plenty of that. I was like, oh, this is worth it. Yeah. I'll but keep it going. I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll keep this going. Go ahead and start charging. So that's I, a, that, I, I do understand but that. But that's a different level of confidence. That is true. That's a different, like, I believe, I believe in what you're going to see. You're going to see it. Yeah. You're going to see the value. And when you see the value, that's like me saying, when I, then you pay me. Yeah. And I know you're going to see it, so. So, yeah. So and there's on. also a dynamic of once you put your credit card information. Yeah. Ton of people forget yeah, to yeah, cancel. That, that's and, another. Uh, it, yeah. There's some dynamics there, the, but the you are right. There is a lot of confidence. Uh, there's probably a lot of know-how already built up, and it's probably just a thing of all you got to do is try it, and I know you're gonna love it. Mm-hmm. It's like Coca-Cola, Pepsi. All you gotta do is take one sip, brother. And you lock and it. I promise you, lock you'll be back. Yeah, you'll pour, be back. Pour it on some vanilla ice cream. You might be like, yeah, it's like, yeah. We, Trust me, <laughs> this Coke's on us. That's how Red Bull did theirs. They went to college yeah. campus and says, hey, don't, yeah. don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Free Red hey. Bulls. Are y'all partying tonight? Go ahead, mix it with one yeah. of your favorite. Free free Red Bulls. Yeah. Oh, you need, y'all studying? Free Red Bulls. Now, they don't got to give you nothing for free. Absolutely. You go out there and buy it. Dope. So, I, I, excellent breakdown of the free versus paid dynamic. Uh, excellent, excellent breakdown. That story kind of just sets the bar when you're thinking about if I am offering something for free, how to think about it, what what trade-offs am I making? I think that's the overwhelming sentiment is that free versus pay is a trade-off. It is a trade-off. And at some point, free is going to have to turn into pay at some point in some form of fashion. So that's always there. And do you really value your time? Mm. Do you really value your time? Hey, he's, he's asking you all the tough questions. Do today. you really? Do you really? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah. Ask yourself, do you really value your time? Yeah. I'm. I we live in a world where people will try to make you feel bad for, for charging, charging them. Yeah, we went through that a ton. Uh, which is really what led us to this podcast. Yeah, was we wanted to give so much game. And this is a better format to do it. Uh, but we would get challenged all the time. All the time. All the time. And we would always sit back and think, well, I'm giving you financial advice to change the trajectory of your life. How much is that worth to you? 
And that's that's one of the questions you have to ask yourself because the market's going to test you. Nobody's going to pay just because you ask. But nobody's nobody's ever going to pay if you don't ask at all. So it, it, there's that aspect of it too. So we definitely we definitely learned the free versus pay and how to do free right so that it eventually pays. Well, this is what we're learning. We're not going to even try to preach something we haven't done. But we've started this podcast and we just do it for the love. We pour into it day in and day out. But we're seeing the feedback and how more beneficial it is for both us and our resistance at large. Shout out to the financial therapy family, uh, your genuine self family. And it was just a better way to reach people and impact them financially uh, than it was doing one-on-ones. Now, we would never trade those one-on-ones because we learned so much Mm Those thousand hours, thousands of hours poured into hundreds of people uh, to help change their lives financially is what gives us the confidence to come on camera and speak to you guys as we do because we've been in there. We've been the financial, the trusted financial resource for years. And we understand that dynamic of wanting to serve the people, Mm -hmm. but also trying to figure out, well, how do I charge the people mm-hmm. the same way in which I'm serving them? Mm-hmm. So we, we hear with you, trust me. All of the others, all, of, all the people out there in that dynamic were with you. And we also learned about paying. Uh, one thing that, one appreciation you'll get being a business owner in any shape or form is the appreciation of paying for it and not wanting it for free. Wanting it for free is a consumption mindset. Paying for it is is just a whole nother beast. And those who are willing to pay, you essentially get what you pay for. There's no commitment like a money commitment, man. You pay for something, you appreciate it. I can give you a million stories. I'm sure you could probably <laughs> think of a million too. You pay for something, you appreciate it. Somebody, how many times you go somewhere and they might give you a little car, but hey, do you download my album and you throw it on the ground? Yeah. Throw it in the next trash can you see. That's you had to pay for that. You pay fifty dollars for that exclusive vinyl from the record store. Uh, you keeping it? Yeah, you keeping that. You keeping that thing where where it need to be. You where? keeping it in the shelf. Yeah, you know where exactly where it's at. Absolutely. Nobody gets to borrow it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole nother It's a whole nother way of thinking. So we we say that to challenge your thinking. Take advantage of free, but understand there is a dynamic of you get what you pay for. Uh, I guess that now brings us to the male and female statistics, yeah. dynamics. Shout out to the live on Tuesday. Tune in. Tune into that live. Tuesday this is going at noon to be Eastern. really impactful. So it's, 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 it's becoming more common for the uh, battle of the sexes, I guess. Yeah, yeah it is. It's, it's, it's tricky because what makes us who we are what makes me as a man, what makes Steven as a man, and what will make Shia Papaya, what makes her as a woman, um, we have to understand that we have our opinions and we have to agree to disagree. And we, we have to listen to understand, which, is, which can be tricky. But that is the beautiful thing about it, in my opinion, is the battle of the sexes is going to last today and the day after and forevermore like and the day after that yeah. i want that plus add a day 
opened up like Saturday. Ooh. There's no one that's bad or bay. Ooh. I'm not here to flatter bay. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a, bar, a couple bars that I had put together. But that's the truth. Like, so we're going to have a good conversation. And right now, we just want to share a little bit of stats so we can understand the climate. Yeah. Like you, like we was talking about, like we can make better decisions and 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 have smooth sailing when we understand the climate. So it was it was really interesting diving into the data. Uh, of course, everything is broken down U.S. population. So we checked uh, Black Labor Statistics. Uh, .gov. Uh, we tried to stay on the .gov. We use census data as well uh, because he and I coming from financial therapy. We always want to understand what's the statistical background. What, what's the theme music being played? What's the setting in which all this is taking place? So it's really interesting um, as the Battle of the Sexes is kind of waging on and on YouTube and other social media platforms. Uh, it's interesting the way that finance plays a role. So when we were looking up statistics, uh, the first thing we looked at was the female to male dynamic. So they broke it down by uh, racial groups. Uh, white women earn about 71, 72% of their male white counterpart. Uh, Asian women and Hispanic women earn in the 80s, uh, low 80s, to I think it was like 84 for 80, 84 for Asian women, I think maybe 87 for Hispanic women to their same race male counterparts so essentially for every dollar 80 something cents for every dollar 72 cents for white women for black women however it was the closest to being equal than all the other racial groups so and this is data from the third quarter so this is uh, all the way up to september 30th of this year and the black women were 96.4% that of the black males, black male counterpart, meaning they almost earned dollar for dollar uh, their black male component or black male counterpart in the third quarter. So a lot of data, what that generally says is black women are closer to earning on par with black men relative to other racial groups and their male to female dynamics so that and that's that just the facts really our, our opinions yeah this was really interesting I, yeah. just from an observational standpoint you know that probably plays a huge role in relationships no question <laughs> no question i can give you so many personal stories uh I, before, we, before yeah. we dive there just to give the stats mm -hmm. uh another stat was uh, most women work in white-collar jobs, which isn't really surprising. Uh, but 65% of black women work white-collar professions, whereas only 42% of black men do. And this isn't an income conversation. My opinion is that lends to a perception conversation. So blue-collar has always been thought of a less-than-white-collar dynamic. And if when you think, and again, this is just my opinion, but when you think about dating and relationships, perception is everything. So from the male's perspective, and again, no offense, ladies, um, 
you know, be, be sure to sub- respond in the comments. Let us know if, we, if we're all base here. But what a man is perceived to do for a living plays a huge role in how he'll be received by the opposite sex on a general basis. Now, this isn't to say you as an individual don't like blue collar